0: Today I want to begin with a story. We usually have an introduction, but today I just want to get straight into it. I'm going to tell the story of a king who was very ill, and you can find the story in the book of Second Kings, chapter 20. You might not fully appreciate this story until the end of the podcast, so I encourage the listener just to listen through. There's a king, his name is Hezekiah, really, you know him, and uh, at one point he was sick. Like really, really sick. Terminally sick. And the prophet of God, Isaiah, um, he comes to his story. To his uh, story. When I I say story, I mean chamber. And where he's sleeping. And he tells Hezekiah that you're going to die. Put your house in order. (laughs) Which is as good as a death sentence. Because everything that Isaiah has prophesied has come to pass. In those days, if you were a prophet, Renny, and you said something and didn't come to pass, the punishment would be execution. So you had to prophesy something on your life. You know, I know people do a lot of bets, a lot of gambles, and they put houses and money on all of these things. And if it doesn't come to pass, then they lose their houses. So a prophet was like, you, had, you actually had to be a prophet. What you said actually had to come to pass. So what Isaiah has said is as good as coming from the Lord, because this guy has a streak, <laughs> so to put, of things coming to pass. So he tells Hezekiah, put your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he leaves. He's delivered his message. He leaves. Then Hezekiah turns to the wall. This is now verse 2, 3, and 4. And he does something that I believe actually indicates some level of faith from him. He turns to the wall and prays. And he prays to God, reminding God of all the things that he has done for God. Then Isaiah who has now left the king's chamber and is now in the the middle of the court, God speaks to him a second time and tells him to go back. This is verse 5. Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. So it seems like God changes his mind in this thing. And I'm telling you, that's not an easy thing. It seems like God changes his mind. But actually, what God is doing, God is fulfilling his word. That if you do repent, if you do uh, humble yourself again, then God will reconsider.
1: Stop, so, there. stop there. The, the, <laughs> the, the, there's a point there that I want our listeners to know. That God creates an exception for Hezekiah our god is a god of exception a lot of us bp we go through life we have seen things that have happened to our families to our you know our co-workers to our mothers to any body that we know that has followed god and so we look at the histories and we say oh my life is just gonna end like this because their life ended like this. My life is gonna look like this because this man followed God and his life looked like this. Or a certain disease or ailment has taken over maybe a certain kind of people that you've seen grown up. And so you feel like this is my code of line or this is the line that I'm destined to. But I want to challenge our listeners today and know that god is a god of exception but that only happens if you have that faith to believe that god can create an exception for you you see bp hezekiah had the faith to say that think about it there are many people who have done things for god at this time but how come hezekiah is so confident that he says, what I've done for God, God will add me more years." Man, like you said, God actually, it, it's, its he's fulfilling. I know you guys are like, this is a tank twister. We're talking in ebonics. But it's like, you know, God is like, <laughs> God is like, he says something and he retracts it. And we know the Bible says, you know, the word of the Lord you know, never goes back void but but also think about this guys like what BP has said when he, God creates an exception to the point where he's the one he's the only one who can change the role. He's the only one who can say, hey you know what I know I said this but you know what I, I, I can create an exception for you. I know this happens in you know but because of your humbling, because of repentance, I can create that exception for you. It would be that, man, that's beautiful, man. That, you know I mean? Like people say, hey, you know, if God didn't do it, I don't know what you're believing for, but I'm telling our listeners, I don't know what you're believing for, but don't let, because someone prayed for it and it didn't happen, to shake your belief until it's not going to happen for you. Because if you have that faith like Hezekiah, God will create an exception for you because he's an exceptional. Go ahead. Mm.
0: God will create an exception for you because it's an exceptional God. Write that down. <clears throat> Anyways, I'll wrap up the story because this story is about to get interesting. And don't worry, we'll show, we'll apply this to your life just the way Renny is already doing it right now. Rennie can't sit back and listen to the whole story yet without already preaching to us. And what he said is very important. But now getting back to the story. So, Hezekiah is as shocked as you and I are. You know, God says in his word about himself that he's not man that he should repent. People change their mind all the time. People say, I do at the, at the altar, and they change their mind afterwards. People say they love you, then they change their mind. Because the English word for it is being fickle. People are fickle. They waver. They change here and there. You know, there's this song uh, that they sang, You Change Your Mind Like a Girl Changes Clothes. I think Katy Perry sang that. That's back before I became a believer <laughs> and I used to listen to Katy Perry. Yeah, some people change their minds like that. They're fair-weather friends. Only when things are good, they're your friend. They're, 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 they're People who, whose promises are only fulfilled under specific circumstances. When the very nature of a promise is that it's supposed to be immune to changing circumstance. So God is not the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? What God has said, he always fulfills. So when God has given this guy a death sentence, let me tell you, 99% of the time it's as good as fulfilled. But you see, Hezekiah triggered a second clause. You know? And that is what we're going to see the outworking of. So going back to the story here. So, okay. Okay, Barry, we're listening to you right now. Big point. Uh, Hezekiah has been given a death sentence. Isaiah comes back and tells him that, hey, it seems God's changed his mind. He will add to you 15 more years. Hezekiah doesn't believe it. So Hezekiah says what many of us would do. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. It's interesting. He didn't ask for a sign that he would die. But he asked for a sign that he would live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 preaching point over there. So Isaiah asks him one of the questions I'm pretty sure you, the listener, me Barry, and you Rennie, Ink Miles would love to be asked. What sign should I give you? Do you want the sundial, the shadow on the sundial to move 10 degrees forward or ten degrees backwards? In the olden days, people used a the sundial. They didn't use a watch. No Swiss watches, no Rolex watches, This There's a sundial. So basically, the only way the sundial can move forward or backwards is if the sun, if the sun itself shifts. <laughs> so Zekai says this in verse 10. He says that it's easy for the sun to move forwards. <laughs> but for it to move backwards, I've never seen that. I've never seen the sun go from west to east. (laughs) I've never seen that. So Hezekiah asks for the impossible sign. And this shows you how impossible, you know. (laughs) He says basically to God, if what you're saying is true, move the sun backwards. And thus begins one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. You know what happens,
1: Rodney? You guessed it. I, I, I'm just thinking of of, of the sign moving back. Like, you know, BP, when I grew up, you, you, you can't ask God for a sign. But the Bible here is telling us, asking for signs. Ask him. Sometimes in, in, in the world, we're told, no, you should just believe. But if your faith can be moved by a sign asking for signs it shows that God honors that he says, okay, you want a sign? I know with guys there are times where, you know, Jesus rebuked, you know, the people in the New Testament and he told them there's no other sign. And it's guys, let me clarify for you. It's because those people had seen so many signs that they couldn't even, their hearts knew, Jesus knew their hearts were not even, even, know, even though he would show them another sign, their heart wouldn't be moved by another sign. It's not a sign. So when you're asking for a sign, make sure your heart is in the right place. In short, that is what I'm saying. Is make sure you're not just asking God for a sign, but your, your heart truly believes that, hey, God, if you show me like Hezekiah, Hezekiah's heart was, was pure when he asked for a sign. And that's why God provided him a sign. Unlike the New Testament, where those people, the hearts were just, they were just trying to play with Jesus, you know? The with you.
0: That's very true. Because the sign wouldn't add to the people's faith. Jesus already knew that. So there's no need having a sign if it's not going to add to your faith. <laughs> What's the need of, of God getting fireworks if you're not going to go, wow, it's a great God. Because all these people wanted to do is they just wanted to hear the crackling of the fireworks. But they didn't, wa- it didn't move them. It didn't change them. It didn't send the message. A sign is a way of God to send the message home. But people receive the sign, but don't they? Don't receive the message? I'd say a sign is like an envelope, ready. So people are like taking the envelope and throwing away what's inside the envelope. Mm. It's the message mm. that is encased in the sign that's important.
1: Oh come on! Come on. So <laughs> preach it, <Bithu.
0: laughs> preach it. <laughs> Please, if you've ever been in an African-American church, you know, preach it. You're, you're, you're doing well. You're doing well. Anyways, I'm wrapping up this story because this is the most important part. The sun moves backwards. And the astronomers, the scientists in those days, they're like, hey, uh, you guys just see what happened right there. <laughs> you, you guys noticed the sundial move backwards? The Babylonians were astronomers, Did did you guys catch that? Yeah. Did you guys see it? And the guys are like, yeah, yeah, we we saw it. The Babylonians were astronomers, by the way. So they're like, the sun moved backwards. Like, how did that happen? Uh, We've never seen that. How? (laughs) Story goes around ancient Babylon all these days that Hezekiah has a god who moved the son back for him to prove that he would heal Hezekiah. And now the king of Babylon is, wow, I, I, he, he's impressed. He's impressed. It's like, who, I gotta know more about this story. Really? You've ever been so impressed, you know, heard, heard about somebody, heard about something and, you know, you just want to meet them. Mm. So, but they were interested in this god of Hezekiah, because the Babylonian gods—they've never moved the sun back for anyone. Mm. So they send an envoy, and you guys know what a diplomatic envoy is—they don't come cheap, mm. you know. He sends his best ministers, best spokespeople, an interpreter, any—you know—people coming from the White House. If, if 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 the White House sends an envoy to yeah, another country, not you know—they
1: right, want the best of the best, you know.
0: Exactly. You gotta clear the runway. The the sounding the best the, the creme de la yeah, creme.
1: so the, the top of mm, the cream, you
0: know, exactly. Mm. So, Hezekiah sees the people rolling up in a limousine, mm, mm, you know, mm, mm. with tuxedos. I'm just exaggerating, you know. They didn't have tuxedos then, <clears throat> but you get just to illustrate my point. So they roll in, and Hezekiah gets like, hmm, I gotta give these people a show. Mm. In fact, in the in the in the message version, it says. I got to give them a grand tour. <laughs> <laughs> I encourage you to read different versions. It brings it out differently. They gave, gave a grand tour. In fact, he showed them this. <laughs> <laughs> Renny's laughing so much, I can't finish my story. But just listening, listeners, because don't worry, this will soon apply to you. He shows them everything. Everything. That's impressive, Renny. I've never shown anyone everything of my things. (laughs) I think that's the most impressive thing about this story. So Hezekiah shows them everything in his house. (laughs) Yeah, Renny, it's the truth. Isn't that impressive? I've never shown anyone everything that I own. So this guy showed him everything. It says here.
1: Yeah, that's so true, guys.
0: They have seen all that is in my house. There's nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Mm, mm. That's in response to Isaiah's question. Mm. What have they seen in your house? Wow. So do you see, these people came to see what God mm. can do, which God this is. And Hezekiah confused himself for God. Ooh. And they're Christians who do this thing. Mm. You're interested in what God has to say. Mm. But they think you're interested in what they have to say.
1: Mm, come on, baby.
0: The, people are interested in God's ability, so-called ability to heal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: God's ability to to bring to bring about forgiveness and love and all of these things. But Christians sometimes confuse it. For them, mm-hmm. they think they're the star. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been? Have you ever been, Renny? That. Thought that somebody's waving at you. Mm. But they're actually waving for at somebody behind you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: they wave back. <laughs> but they're looking at how you've dressed and then you Yeah. Like, I don't know, I wasn't talking about you. you know? Yeah <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> they weren't talking about you. Mm. Yeah. Because
0: I love what you say, Ronnie, like every story we read in the Bible, it isn't a people story, it's a God story. Ask yourself, not, not necessarily what you learn about Hezekiah all the time. Although the Bible is written for encouragement so that those people who have lived in the Bible, they can encourage us. That is written in Hebrews. That's true. But also try to learn about God's character. Mm. These people came to see who in the world could move the sun back. Wow. Hezekiah basically told them, it's me.
1: Wow. And, and Bibi, even just when you're talking about that, it's like, think about these people. This, even these people, I'm telling you guys, they didn't know that it was God they're yearning after. But God sometimes does things in our lives, BP. And, and, and people can't express it. If you think about it, like sometimes, like you, you were saying, it's like sometimes people are attracted to you. And for you, because you, unless God has given you that insight, or or you you walk with God, that's when you get to realize, Mm-mm, it's not that people love me, but they, it's it's the King inside of me. There's someone who resides inside of me that is attractive to them. But those people, they 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 can't. They can't quantify BP they can't tell what they're attracted to excuse me but they, they're trying in short when you start speaking and start telling them, then they will have like an aha moment and be like yeah actually that's what I'm looking for the, you know so it's up to you like as you said BP it's up to you as you're walking with the Spirit of God. To have that consciousness and, and ask God, like, why are these people drawing towards me? And when you have that conscience, you'll realize, no, it's the spirit of God. And for you, you're like a channel. You're like a channel to greatness. And that's why, BP, just to give a caveat that, you know, that's why you hear that when man takes on glory, it destroys them. Because a man was not built. For glory. A man was built to reflect glory, but not to take in glory. That's that's really powerful.
0: That's really powerful. Man, man, man. That's 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 something. I hope the listener you caught that. The truth is that when you start taking in the glory, when you start feeling you're a god, you open up yourself for not only self-deception, but you really hurt other people. I read this one thing on Instagram. There's this one girl who made this post and she said that she she has a God complex. Now, I'm not sure if you guys know what a God complex is. And it this sort of chimes into what you're about to open up with actually, which is about the insufficiency we have, the imperfections we have. But anyway, just to go to this Instagram story. So this girl had a God complex and she was very proud of having a God complex. She loved that other people were at her beck and call. She loved that other people like depended on her. She loved the power she had over other people. Mm. That's what she loved. She loved that glory. Mm. But you see, glory is only meant for God. Mm. Man is only meant to give God glory. Mm. When you start accepting glory, you know, it starts corrupting you. Mm. The devil was corrupted because the devil wanted to start accepting glory. Mm. Before the devil was beautiful, but now the devil is 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 a byword for ugliness. Oh, come on. Fact, it says, says in Genesis that he will crawl on the dust and eat dust all his life. Wow, It's a symbol of shame. So if you know what the devil's food is, you want to know what the devil eats, you know, <laughs> Genesis tells you what the devil eats. But what I'm just trying to tell you is that self-glory, self-reliance, it says in Jeremiah that strength, your own strength, is actually a curse you see many people have depended on their own strength and when it lets them down that's when you feel the curse running. when you depend on other people's strength and they let you down that's when you understand that their strength is also a curse you see all human strength whether it's physical strength some people have physical strength they take pictures of themselves and they post it on instagram that's physical strength they take pictures of the wonderful bodies and they use it on Instagram to propel themselves. That's physical strength. So people have mental strength. They get degrees and degrees and jobs and things like that. They say I cannot thank you. They say I. I they trust in the mental strength. Other people trust in the emotional strength. Really, they say that you know I, I, I'm a hard guy. I'm a. i am I can. I, I. I. I can make it through all the hard things in life. You know. I. I, I have a tough childhood. They trust in that strength. And Hezekiah as well. Hezekiah failed to realize that he relied on God to deliver him. He relied on God to pull back the shadow. He relied on God to bring back the sun backwards. He thought it was his own strength. And God reminded him in the final verse that at the end, all these things that you trust in Reni, all these things that you trust in Hezekiah, all these things that you trust in the listener, all those riches that you trust in, not only will they fail you at some point, but at the end of it all, they're going to go into dust, into powder, into ashes. Wow. That's the truth. That's the reality. Naked you come into this yeah. world, naked you will leave from this world. What do you own, Renny? What do you show people then? You know, yeah. that's the question Isaiah asked. And Renny, I'm just going to ask this question. I'm going to leave it to you. Because I want you really to preach about accepting your imperfections. Yeah. It's really a cure for self pride and, and self conceitment and self you know, glory. But Isaiah asked this person a question that I want to ask you. Isaiah asked Hezekiah, what did they see in your house? What did they see in your house? I'm going to rephrase it in a way that can really impact the listener. What do people see in you? What do you show people? What did you show them? What do you show them? Do you sh- Are you a person who keeps on showing people you, not knowing that you are corruptible, not knowing that you are fallible, not knowing that people actually, they're not interested in you, but they're interested in what God has in you. You may not be a Christian, but you need to know that God has deposited a gift in you. For the gifts of God are without repentance. Everyone has a talent. Everyone has a potential. But God has deposited something in you, and Renny, maybe you can take it up from here, because God doesn't only deposit good things in you, and not only good things attract people. So just take it
1: from here, Renny. Man, yeah, man, BP, thank you, thank you, guys, for you know, thank you, BP, for opening up, you know. You know, when today, by the way, today as we start, you know, this, you know, uh, episode today, guys, I want to give you um, this message we are going to talk about is a borrowed episode. So this is one of the messages that I heard Pastor Torrey preach about it so powerfully. And I thought, guys, by the way, guys, let me tell you, You, go, you I know you guys are going to start rebuking me and saying, hey, Ronnie, you know, you copied the message. But guys, let me tell you, let me just give you a caveat. We are all copycats. You know what I'm saying? You know, BP, everybody who <laughs> preaches from the Bible, they have copied Paul. So, you know, just giving an exclamation. But
0: in, Don't worry. We're going to title this episode copy-paste. Yeah, "Copy Paste." <laughs> but, but, but,
1: guys, this message when I heard him speak, it really challenged my definition of weakness. It really, BP, you know, you know, BP. There are things that you or we, as humans, we and as human creatures, as human beings, created. In the image of God sometimes we don't ask ourselves some things and guys you know one thing that I'm grateful for and I'm grateful even for BP is that you know we when we hear messages that impact us or when we you know God when God leads us to talk about certain topics it's something that guys we we meditate upon it. We we really think deep of questions. And guys, let me just tell you preachers who preachers are. Preachers are people who just God use them to really think more than what they see on the Bible surface. More than just what you read. You know? And it's a it's a gift that God gives us. And and so BP, for me, this passage really got me into questioning and I hope every person who's going to hear this episode would have the same feeling that I had. So you guys, if we go to second Corinthians, verse 12, the second Corinthians chapter 12, you know, second Corinthians 12, verse seven. And I think we'll get to 12, seven to 12. And this word says because so guys, Paul is writing this letter. He's writing to the Corinthian church, right? And I'm reading from the message version, guys. So he says because of the extravagance of those revelations. So Paul here, he's like, he tells the people like, actually, let me start from verse six. So you guys could understand it. Paul first tells them, if I had a mind to brag a little, I could probably do it without looking ridiculous. Baby, think about Paul. Paul is telling them, like, if I had a mind to brag, I could do it without being ridiculous. Guys, this is the guy who wrote almost half of the New Testament. And he's saying, guys, if I wanted to brag right now, I could. But I, but it, it, it's not benefiting me. I'd still be speaking plain truth all the way. But I will spare you. So listen, B.P., he actually says that when he, you know, some of us, people we brag on things even we don't have. But Paul is saying, if I could brag, actually it's the whole truth. Oh, I'm not living lying. That, that's how you know this is, This guy was a crazy guy. Right? <laughs> he was a different lady. I don't want any, anyone imagining me as any other than the fool you would encounter if you saw me on the street or heard me talk. But Pete, how come Paul is actually belittling himself? And he says, when I want you to meet me, just just know me as that guy you met on the street because of those extravagance of those revelations. And so I wouldn't get a big head. And when he talks about a big head, guys, he's talking about pride. I was given the gift of handicap. Guys, the title for this message is the gift of handicap. We're just going to spark it a little bit. Pastor Torrey called it the gift of imperfection. For me, I'll call it the gift of handicap. So, and this gift was to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. we stop there. Like, God gives me handicap. And this handicap, I it's always within me. BP, it's not far. It's not something that I experience once a year. No, it's, it's 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 keeps me in constant touch. So every day, every morning, I wake up and I realize, dang, I have this limitation. I know you guys are not loving it, the Bible right now, guys. This is in the Bible. It's not Randy who's speaking. And then Paul goes ahead and says it's a gift. Like BP, how can handicap? And BP, questions started arising in me. So BP, it tells me that I was made imperfect by design. I am flawed by design. I want you guys to understand that. You are made imperfect by design. Because, guys, if God wanted to make you perfectly good, he's the God who created the sun, the moon, and the stars. He created the skies, the sun. But he made you imperfect by design. Mm. Mm. And then he says, so guys, think about this. So first, God has given you a handicap. And he calls this thing into brackets, a gift. And I'm going to tell you guys why I'm putting quotes. And then he says, Sat- and then the Bible says, Satan's angel did his best to. To get me down. So B.P., can you imagine? Like, not only I'm given a gift of handicap, but also Satan is aware of my handicap and he beats me down. He he uses this thing, my handicap, my disability, to get me down. Ooh, B.P. Some of us are wondering, doesn't God love us? Doesn't God care for us? I know you guys can ask those questions. You guys are holy mojojos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> holy me. mojojos. <laughs> okay. I don't oh, know what holy mojojo oh, is. Oh, Find... Holy, holy Christians, you know what I'm saying? Ch-
0: Check in the Ebonics <laughs> Dictionary for holy mojojo.
1: Oh, oh, you guys, you know, you guys are too holy. You know, you're you know sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But for me, I ask those questions. Guys, you remember back in the day we did Crisis of Belief. You know, shout out to Crisis of Belief. Ah, oh, shameless unplugged. You know, shameless plug. But but think about that. And BP, so meaning now Saturn. And how, uh, question, Renny, Inc. How does Saturn know of my imperfection? It's because he observes you. He observes the things that trip you. And that's how he's able to know. so and what in fact so paul says despite saturn did his best to get me down he puts a caveat and this is where you know the bible changes stone he says what he in fact did was push me to my so B.P., I'm given this gift of handicap. Satan is aware of it. He beats me down with this thing. But Paul says, what Satan didn't realize, he kept me on my knees. Oof. So B.P., sometimes we look at the enemy beating us down but Paul is giving us insight right now. Like any time Satan is beating something down in your life, just just go down on your knees. Cuz Satan him he's thinking because Paul has this dilemma. He's going to walk away from God. Bp, is that what is that not what Satan thought about Job? He said Remove everything from Job's life, he will curse you. Guys, can you understand Satan's thought? Actually, even BP I didn't say this when you we were doing the message. But can you imagine Satan's thought? Satan's thought is always man, and this is what believers miss it. It's like Satan is beating you down on a weakness that you know, and everybody has a weakness. Doesn't matter, no matter how much money you make, BP, doesn't matter what status you are, president, CEO, everybody has a weakness. But it's funny that it says that Paul learned the trick and this pushed him down on his knees. And that's beautiful. So it's telling you. Anytime you see a weakness, man, stop thinking of how Saturn is here to really, but go down on your knees. BB, if I flip that question, could it be? Oh, guys, you remember the version of of ink that he always asked questions of, could it be? BB, could it be? Could it be that Without a one weakness, we would never go down no knees. Could it be that we would be a God unto ourselves? Mm. I don't know. But that's for you. To, it's for you to think about it. But think about this. He says, Paul goes ahead and says, no danger. He actually says, now, no danger then. He says, because of this thing. I have no danger of walking around high and because of this thing that puts me over my knees. My pride and ego is always butchered. It's always steered by seasons, Ooh. guys. The times that BP annoys me, I'm like, oh Jesus, oh Lord, what am I gonna do, with this man? But I, guys, God, God is working on me. But you know. I'm still a building under construction but, but can you imagine BP that you know sometimes BP, we're given godly people around our life and then sometimes they will they will upset us, they will do things that is contrary or they will but God says, are you able to still love them? Are you able to still be there with them even when they disagree with you? So, at first, I didn't think it. I didn't think of it as a gift. This gives me so much confidence in God that you know people would think, "Oh, I, I was asking the same thing as Paul was asking, God, why? If you love me so much, why?" You know, but but I love Paul. He had the same thought I had. He didn't think of it as a gift of course. He's like, well, oh, Lord, you want me to reach purpose. Why are you derailing me with the handicap? You want me to achieve everything that you put me inside this earth. But guys, we're going to learn the secret of God right here. And and Paul says, I begged God to remove it. Woo! Repeat now this is us this is ink god take it away oh calling down a fire from heaven fasting even 10 times guys this is bp fast for a whole year and guys like i ain't taking it out Mm i ain't taking it out three times bp and you can imagine bp we're talking about paul paul this is the guy that he could call fire from heaven this is the guy who could, you know, he could, he could preach a whole city, turns, you know, and worships God. And he's saying he prayed and God said he begged. And and he told me. So as Paul is praying, God tells him, My grace is enough. It's all you need. my strength comes into its own in your weakness. BP, first wait. God, you're telling me your grace is enough. And then you're telling me it's all I need. You're not taking this situation away from me. You're telling me your grace is all I need. You're not giving me a remedy for this situation. And you're telling me my grace is all you need, and then he tells him my strength comes into its own in your weakness. So, BP, what Paul is saying here is actually your weakness is what attracts God's strength, your weakness is what creates a way for God's strength. It creates space for God's strength. And I know all of us, we have the, we're asking ourselves like me, like how, how is it that my weakness? Because the world has told me, my weakness is what makes me not attractive to others. My weakness is what makes me dormant. My weakness is unattractive. But the Bible is telling us here that actually my weakness is attractive to God. Why weakness, it, it, it creates room for God to display his power. Because BP, Pastor Dore said, the the tension, the tension between our weakness and God's power is the funniest for greatness. Oof! You think the tension between what you're weak in and God's power is the funniest for greatness. I know you guys are, I, I, guys, when I was hearing this, my my my, my head was 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 beating. I know, guys. <laughs> me, my head was. Your
0: head was beating.
1: <laughs> what? Not even my heart, guys. Was I was trying. You need to... Need qualified
0: doctors here. <laughs> I, I
1: was trying to understand this. That you're telling me, BP, my strength is made in your weakness. That Christ's strength is actually made in my weakness. That B.P., God is not looking for people who are strong. He's looking for people who are weak. And guys, I know you're like, no, Renny, you guys, you have to elaborate this further. Okay. Okay, guys. Let me remind you who God calls. B.P., let's go to First Corinthians 1. These are the people who were chosen by God. And I'm going to allow you, B.P., to dive on this. And you'll realize, guys, how did we miss it? How did we miss it? You see, 1 Corinthians 1, 26-31, BP, when I was reading this verse, I had so many, I, I, I thought maybe I've not been reading my Bible because this verse really challenged me to the core because it says, take a good look, guys, friends, at who you are when you got called into this life. And when Paul is talking about who you got called into this life, he's talking the way of salvation. He says, I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Hmm. When you're called into the life of godliness, I don't see many of the brightest. And you guys know yourselves. You know, you don't have to tell ink. You know yourself better than anybody else. And if you don't know, continue searching and doing self-aware. You'll realize. And it says, not many influential. Not many of you are influential, actually. And not many from high societies. Not many of you who are cray cray rich rich. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? Choose these nobodies. To expose the hollow pretensions of the somebody's Guys, God is breaking the pride. He says, actually, when I was choosing people into the way of godliness... I made sure these people were not from high societies. They were not many from influential. They were not the brightest and the best. And I chose this on purpose. do Do you see why I'm saying that you are made imperfect by design? Paul is telling us right here. And that makes it, and Paul finishes and says, that makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own heart before God. Take, I want you guys to sit down, be humble. He said, sit (laughs) down, be humble. Like yeah. said. For,
0: for you Kendrick fans out there. <laughs> I wish Kendrick would produce uh, the Lord's music like uh, our friend Kanye now tries to do. But uh, that is uh, a relevant phrase. Sit down and be humble. We, we're just taking that from him. We're not endorsing him.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? God is saying, be humble. B.P., this is a testimony of me. When I was not someone great. But God chose Just me. And so and peace So it means he does this on purpose. So not not even one chance when God makes you great. You ever think that you got yourself there? That right. it was it was it was your strength that got yourself there. It was the right connections that got you there. It was the right company that got you there. No. And so, and so, if, and, 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 and I love this. And so Paul says this, and this is going to blow your mind, guys, which you'll now understand why BP was saying this. He says in 2 Corinthians uh, 12, Paul says, now because of that, once I had that, once I had this, once I had it, that my grace is enough, it's all you need. I quit focusing. I was glad to let it happen. Bibi, another version says, Bibi, can you read what New King James Version says? After Paul concludes and says, my strength comes into its own in your weakness. Continue in New King James.
0: Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs. Oh, wow. In needs. Man. In persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake. for When I am weak, then I am strong.
1: I take pleasure
0: in my needs. You take
1: pleasures. BP, how many people take pleasure in things that they're weak in? BP, anybody... We'll meet somebody they want to tell them oh how when you go to a job interview you never say hey i'm weak in this uh, you never start with that you first start with your strengths man i'm good in this i have a couple medals and you know i've been you know named this person of the year but paul says i was glad to let it happen i quit the, the message version says I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. And BP, think about this, and I love Pastor Terrell when he said this. He said, think about this, that Paul are not like some of us. BP, Paul had a growth mentality. Paul was not that guy who would say, man, I'm content with where I am. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've seen all what God can do, man. I, I'm chill, man. I don't wanna grow, man. This was a guy, BP, who said, I, I quit, you know, I forget what lies behind, and I press on to the, to the goal why Christ called me. So this is a guy who had a growth mentality. Don't confuse this and say, hey, you know, you no, know. this was a guy, BP, who, who wanted to see all God had for him in his life. But he says, I quit focusing on the handicap. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, when I was, God was, was downloading this, I was like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And and I began appreciating the gift. Oof. You B.P., you start appreciating. Guys, if you go back to our episode when we were talking about greatness, was it magnitude of belief or what was it or is it the one quitting but we were talking about people's failures and how successful people they look at at failure as fun guys you see you see how the world borrows magnitude of belief borrows things from the word of god and they turn it out and they sharpen perspective from it. Bp, the one guy said, for me, I've learned every year. I, la- I I always look forward for my failures. Cause I knew it's an opportunity for me to grow. Oof. So Paul says I start appreciating my weakness. Bp, I start looking at failures as fun. I'm like, oh man, this is good, man. And then it was a case Paul says, it was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my organism. B.P., when you ask a believer how you do, they say I'm good, holy, sanctified, you know, walking in my purpose, definitely. And that time, B.P., fast, it's, it's, it's a lie because you're not perfect. The, the, you know, you're flawed by design. And also, you've not reached. We all missed the mark either you, you adultery or whatever you've missed the mark no matter how much you're, you're growing in god there's a place you're missing the mark and and so it says now i take limitations in stride and with good cheer so now how do I look at my limitations? How do I look at my limitations? I take them with stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad bricks, I'll just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Woo-hoo. Bp, how can I take an accident in appreciation? I take it with stride. I'm, I'm like, mm. I'm confident about my limitations, my oppositions, my bad breaks. Bp, you see, Bp, he ta- he starts taking. At his imperfections, he takes pleasure. He, he, Paul is saying, Now I understand that God understands. For you guys, you, you, you now understand the song by, by, um, by, uh, what's his name? Uh, this BP, this. I forget this singer that he has a song called he understands oh guys I'm forgetting the, the singer name guys sometimes I, I don't for, I forget people's name but this man sings the song that he understands I'm I'm, I'm gl- now I realize BP that my imperfections God actually understands that And so I can approach prayer. I can get down my knees. I used to look at imperfections as something that draws me away from God. But actually, you know Paul is saying? No, Renny, your imperfections are the ones that should draw you closer to God than ever. Because God understands. And so God wants you to just present them. To be honest with yourself. Guys, you know we say, even Pastor Todd says, God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who you are. So the things that are imperfect. Are you a liar? Are you, are you, are you whatever? Yes, God actually says, yeah. Give it unto me. And BP you see, this is a secret that men of God, great men of God learned. They learned that, that what actually qualifies them is their weaknesses towards God. And God makes them so powerful that people are like, no, man, this man walks in so much integrity and, and whatever. But it's not that. that It's that he learned to he learned to accept his weaknesses and channel them as a way to get closer to God. And the more he got closer to God, the more God strengthened him. And so you, you are thinking that a person is walking in his own strength. No, he's able to stay to moral integrity because he, ch- he, he wakes up every day and says, God, I can't do this. I can't move this step without you. I can't take this business deal without you, Lord. I need you. I'm weak. And God says, thank you. That's all I need. And he steps in. And and BP, he makes... BP, we were reading that in 1 Corinthians 1. That... that I love this verse. Ooh. He says, human strength can't begin even to compete with God's weakness. And human wisdom... Is so tiny, so important, next seeming to the absurdity of God. BP, think about this. Could that be the secret, BP? Not that they were great men, but they learned that God actually, the more they weak, the more actually God is strong. And so BP, man, BP, let me, and, and I pass it over to you guys. I'm going to pass it over to BP. And think about this BP. So this means BP. Oh, my strength, Christ's strength, in order for, in order, God is saying BP in this. And man, this was so powerful, powerful When the way Pastor Torrey put it. He says... In short, God is saying, in order for my strength to be complete. In order for God's strength to be complete, it needs your weakness. And in order for your weakness to be strong, it needs my strength.
0: Say that again. Just say that again for the
1: listeners. Mm, 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 mm. That... God is saying this. In order for God's strength, in order for his strength to be complete, it needs your weakness. (laughs) And in order for your weakness to be strong, it needs my strength.
0: Your weakness is the final missing ingredient in God's
1: strength. Man, that's... uh that's 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 in short wonderful. bp my power needs your weakness <sighs> <sighs> you see bp bp always says this when you're down up to nothing god is up to something you see bp when you have you ever gotten bp me i've seen it i've seen it happen in my life bp when the time i'm out of options god is like okay ready now i can stop before you had too many options, I couldn't step in. Now you had too many options. You had people you were relying to. You had, but you see, when you saw no way, that's why I could step in. Bibi, don't you think this is why the Bible says there are righteous men, utterly even though he falls 75 or 100 times, he's not utterly cast down. Bibi, these are righteous men. How, how how is a righteous man falling BP how this is a righteous man how can a righteous man be falling but the bible says he's not utterly cast down how come he's not utterly cast down so God understands and and, and BP when we hear, that you hear, the Bible keeps on telling us, you need to be lifted up, be humble. Because God gives grace to the humble. So, BP, as I finish, and now BP to talk his version, and you guys to understand it, that we have to retrain our mind. We have, you know, BP, there's someone who told me this. Hate is a very destructive force, but not as destructive self-hate because self-hate distracts not only you but destructive in others and so BP, i have to start looking at my imperfections differently how have you been do you think well of your imperfections or do you always see them as the thing that deters you do you think well? How how much do you think of yourself? And then second thing, and, and this is another point, guys. I'm gonna give you that I'm close to God's power when you're I'm weak. You want to know when you're close to God is when you're weak. And and and, and so this is this is it. And as a close, I know, guys. You have also to develop BP. BP. a love when you said in 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 giant and beast, just do it. You have to develop a do it anyway attitude. That you should never say, Oh, I'm broke. No. Step on to what God has called you when you don't even have finances. Oh. I'm scared no step on i can't do this by my own yes perfect god will be the one who will complete the journey i can't step into what god has called me because i'm disqualified no god actually is the one who's gonna qualify you why because it makes you dependent on him and i'm telling you guys that i've realized that great people and great men of god what separates them from us is they rely. They, they, they learn to rely on God. They learn to rely. They learn to rely that they, hey, I can I can do this by my own. This life, I, I don't want to do it without God. I've seen, and BP, that's what destiny is. You know what destiny is? Is partnership with God. God wants partnership. And that's why BP, when we talk, we we, we always say that partnership with God God says in Amos how can two walk together so when Satan is beating you down oh I'm on my knees Lord I'm on my knees why because you know God's power is about to show up and now what the enemy used meant for evil <laughs> God actually says it he turns it for you guys now understand scripture. When scripture says what the enemy meant for evil. Think about Joseph. Everything was saying that can't be the governor. But guess what? The, the being forgotten. The being abandoned. Moses, the killing of a, of, a, of, a, a, of a pharaoh, of Egyptian. Everything that tells you you're disqualified, God says, Actually, that's what qualifies you. <laughs> bb that's what qualifies you. Ooh! Oh, BB, when I see a weakness in my life, oh, Rennie, that's what qualifies you, actually. When I see an imperfection, oh, Rainy, that's what actually qualifies you. Why? Why? Because, and, and I love what BB saying. It's not that God loves the thing, the sin. No. He loves me. He loves the sinner. And so he says, hey, actually, I want to demonstrate my glory. I want to demonstrate those things. B.P., that's why, that's why I love him. He's called the God of the impossible. The God. When, when, when they told Abraham, how can you get a kid? You're important. Abraham stood up tall and said, hey, man, God is going to step up. And he made it happen. B.P., we talk about belief people who so important they had an eye that no one could see moses guys remember hebrews bristled. with me could that eye be they realized that it is weakness that actually makes them qualify it's being down and out actually the bible says moses he 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 didn't value the egyptians wealth and household he chose to despise it and follow the path of 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 fighting. The, the the path of he didn't want just to be Pharaoh's son. He chose the path where he could go through turmoil and disaster. Why? For God. And and, and, and so guys, I hope you guys get to you know. OBP, man tells tell people something about this, you know.
0: Yes. It's a very powerful message and um, just as we close I want us to picture ourselves or remember ourselves looking at a mirror what do you see when you stand and look at yourself in a mirror do you love what you see some people think that they're too skinny others think they're too fat others think they're too short others too tall others say that if I had smaller ears, if I had browner skin, if I had uh, lighter skin, yeah, uh, there are all these things we see in the mirror that we feel we need to reflect in ourselves. We need to change in ourselves. Sorry, not reflect. And the Bible is also a mirror. When you read the Bible, the many things in your own character and in your own heart that you say that I'd need to change. You see, the flaws that Paul is talking about, although in your own life it may be a physical flaw, in your own life it may be an abnormality, right, that is external, it can also be an abnormality that is internal, there could also be something within you that doesn't sit quite right, maybe something in your past, some trauma, some failure whatever it is, something that you say that I'd rather live without. But like Hezekiah, you see that moment in your past that brought you to your knees, that moment in your past that made you look to the wall, that's the moment that moved the sand back. That's the moment that turned the shadows away. That's the moment that drew away and drew the attention of all people around you. You see your imperfection. Freckles didn't used to be a big thing. Freckles used to be an ugly thing. Nowadays, people believe in freckles. They believe in beauty spots. You see all the small imperfections. That's what all the modeling agencies are looking for. They're looking for something unique. And you see that vacuum that your imperfection brings, God fills that up. And when God fills that up with his strength, he's able to get glory. And he's able to attract people to him through you. So I want us to read Hebrews chapter 4. First, it talks about in verse 12 that the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow. It is is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, and there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. What does that say? It says when you read the Bible, you, you look at yourself naked, like you look at yourself naked in the mirror. And uh, you see yourself as you really are. And it's sometimes uncomfortable, Renny, to look at yourself for who you really are. We like to look at ourselves through lenses. We like to paint the mirror red. We like to switch off the lights and look at ourselves in the mirror. But you don't see yourself for who you really are. You need to really look at yourself. It's uncomfortable. Because the thing that makes us uncomfortable are our imperfections. Mm -hmm. Paul says so. But the things which I wish to do, that I do not. And the things which I wish not to do, that I find myself doing. Paul is basically saying, I, 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 there's some things I wish I hadn't had. And maybe right now, you are the listener, there's some things you just wish you didn't have. There's some weaknesses you feel you shouldn't have had. You shouldn't have been born with it. Maybe you should have been born in a different way. Maybe you should have looked a different way. Maybe you should have been given more money by your parents. There's some things that you should have been born into royalty. Maybe you wish you were even someone else. I love what Renny says. It's expensive to be someone else. And you can only be you. And that's what God always wants you to be. God always wants you to be you. Because in your weakness, God can fulfill his strength. And if you read down in Hebrews chapter 4, it says something that we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. This is the really kicker. It's in verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet was without sin. You see, the moments of your weakness are the moments when you're able to share intimacy with Christ. That's when Christ sympathizes with you. That's where Christ really brings his heart towards you. That's when Christ really feels you. You know? The Lord is close to all who are broken hearted. All who are contrite in spirit. And I love what Paul says that I will rejoice in my needs. The things which I don't have, which I need, that I don't have yet. I will rejoice in them. Because even in them, God comes closer. It draws God closer. You see, the reason I told you the story of Hezekiah in the beginning. Is Hezekiah was a person who was not comfortable with his imperfection. He saw the envoy of the Babylonians coming up, Renny, and he starts thinking to himself, like, I can't tell these people the story of what really happened. That's the truth. I can't tell these people that I was broke. I can't tell this man of God that yesterday I slept with somebody and God delivered me from that fear. that that bondage i can't tell these people about my past life i can't tell these people that that i was completely out of it i didn't love god i i was just religious and then god took me out of it i gotta tell these people something more i can't tell these people that that I haven't figured it out yet, but God is working the miracle in me. That's what Hezekiah was thinking. I can't let these people know the truth. It'll make me look bad. It'll make me look weak. But you see, in making yourself look bad, you make God look great. (laughs) And that's a really important thing is that some of us, we tell ourselves that I don't want to look bad. I have to preserve my image. These people are gathered around saying, how is it possible? Who did it? Who did it for you? What changed your life? You know that day you were in the car crash? That It wasn't, it was, it wasn't your mad reflexes that stopped the, the steering wheel from, from hitting your jugular. Yes, there are, airbags in bag, there are airbags in cars, but like not everybody survives a car crash. That time you were on the cruise ship and the waves were rising, and you thought the thing was going to capsize. It wasn't your luck that changed it. There's so many people who are unlucky. Mm. That time when 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 your pregnancy could have killed you. And God kept your life. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't the doctor. Mm. There's so many great doctors who haven't been able to prevent a person from dying. I'm not discrediting them. What I'm trying to say is that try to see the real hero in your story. Try to see who is really behind the great things in your life. Don't be like Hezekiah. Don't try to blind other people with all the jewelry. Hezekiah took his time showing people everything else but God, because he knew in his heart that he should have shown them God, but he took his sweet time looking at everything else because he was ashamed of his weakness. Yet it was his weakness it was his sickness that brought the babylonians there it was his sickness that allowed god's sympathy to move because what did god say to Zechariah? i have seen your tears i have sympathized with you and because of my sympathy for you i will move the sun back i will roll the shadows away i will open rivers in the desert i'll make a way where there seems to be no way i'll throw mountains into the sea because of my sympathy for you because i love weak things because weak things need me. Weak things need a great God. Weak things need a mighty God. Weak things need a holy God. Unrighteous things need a righteous savior. Because we need God. And that's at the fruit of it. At the root of it. Is that you need God. I'm just closing it there.
1: MBP, mm, 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 mm. A- for me as I close, I will say this guys. God... At this point, I found it so powerful, BP, that God is educating us on His strength. That my strength is that I can make things through you, not in spite of your weakness, but because of your weakness. God is educating us on His strength. And my strength is that I can make things through you, not in spite of your weakness but because of your weakness. And so that's how my power is evident. And so my strength, if you're looking to be strong, then my strength cannot be fully demonstrated. And so BP, I'm realizing perfect power is is found in weakness. B.P., what a great way to show the evidence of God. Like you're saying, B.P., if Hezekiah stepped in and said, because his weakness was the evidence of God, was what stopped the son. You know, Moses' weakness is what made him qualify. You know, David's weakness is what made him qualify. Joseph's weakness is what... Made him qualified. So I'm asking you, as our listeners, redefine your weaknesses. Allow God in that, and He will make them a masterpiece. B-B, as I close, think about it Ephesians 6. He says, We are masterpiece. When God designs us imperfect by design, He calls us actually a masterpiece. If we go to BP Ephesians verse 6 as we close. Ephesians 6, which I love it so much as Pastor Terry finished it. He says, you know, we are called a masterpiece. Masterpiece by God. He uses to carry out the great works. You know, we are we are masterpieces. Masterpiece. I think probably BP. Let me look in the King New King James version. Because this King James version is the one that. That really talks about that. I'm taking the one to guys six I'm not it. Let me look at the version that says But but guys I hope you guys were able to internalize and I hope you change your perspective. Cause guys the bible this is why we have to renew our minds Oh, ephesians 2 guys i'm sorry it was not ephesians 6 but it's ephesians 2. ephesians 2 verse 10 maybe this is in the uh nlt he said he says ephesians 2 that but we are god's masterpiece he, cre- he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. B.P., when God was designing you imperfect, he, he knew you would still become a masterpiece. He knew that wouldn't be a limitation for you to become a master. That's why he said, you're God's masterpiece. He created this and new in Christ Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus. Not because you we are perfect, but because you're we imperfect. And so we can do the things that he planned. Maybe think about that. He planned it long ago. If you think about it even when the Bible says, when the Bible says that when we were, we were still enemies with God, God chose us. So, so guys, when I tell you it's imperfection, it is that. Why? Because it says "While we were enemies with God, God still chose his son to die. How much more? Think about that, guys. And so, guys, when you're at the dead end, when you don't know what way to go, invite God, and God will show you that your imperfection does not disqualify you, but it qualifies you. And it's your host, as always, Ink.
0: And your boy, VP.
1: God bless. TGL, The Godly Life.